good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. Thank you. And grace and peace to us all. In the name of Christ our Lord, it is Christ who awakens us, bids us come to this place of worship where we know him with us as the word is proclaimed and as we gather in this time of worship and praise. It is a joy to be with all of you as we gather in worship this morning. We're especially grateful for those guests and visitors who may be with us. You bless us with your presence. And I simply remind you, you'll find at your pews some registration pads, and it helps us if you sign these and pass those to your neighbor. It's helpful for us to know that you gather and share and worship with us at First Church this morning. As we gather, I hope you're mindful of opportunities for fellowship and service before us. And I hope that you will be with us following this time of worship. We will convene in the fellowship hall downstairs so that we may rightly welcome Jill Gardner, our new director of music ministries, and Jake will be with us as well. Jake will be with us as well. There's Jake. Good morning, Jake. So we're looking forward to that. We're grateful to the hospitality committee and their efforts, the efforts of many that have made this reception possible. So we look forward to that following the time of worship. Also following this time of worship, you see that there will be the kickoff for jams and youth ministries that will take place in the Uptown Ministry Center as the new year of ministry begins for our children and youth. Uh, as we move into this week, you see a slate of meetings that are before us on Wednesday. So uh, look forward to your participation and your prayers covering these ministries. And remember as well, the Lunch Bunch ministry each Tuesday and Thursday morning. I remind you as well of uh, coming before us in September, the Martha Stokes will be with us to speak to the issue of retirement through a spiritual lens, September 11th, and then September 18th, the beginning of the Living Faithfully study each Tuesday evening for six weeks. And again, I encourage you to be a part of that. As we gather in worship this morning, we share from the Gospel of John. We see that referenced on the bulletin cover before us, Peter's confession. We know that you are the Holy One of God, so we look forward to sharing in that time of the proclamation of the word and the abundant music, which is before us as well. And I'll invite Jill to speak to that music. Yes. Thank you. 
So thank you to you, Sandra, and we welcome you. I invite us to prepare to worship God together.
I invite us to stand as we share in our call to worship. Come, be nourished by the words and witness of Jesus Christ. Receive the gift of the bread of life and hunger no more. Come, let us worship and rejoice.
seated. Our opening prayer is before us, I invite us to go to God as we pray. Lord of life and hope, we gather this day seeking nourishment for our souls and healing for our spirits. Give to us your living bread, that having been nourished in soul and spirit, we may be witnesses to your transforming love. Through the ministry and mission of Jesus Christ, the bread of life, we offer this prayer. Amen.
Thank you, Kate. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Sandra. Well, in addition to the blessings we know as this worshiping community of faith, we are blessed as a serving community of faith. And in recent years, it's been a great joy and blessing for us to be able to, to work with Albert Harris Elementary School in regard to being of help to students, faculty, staff, and families there. So Marla Perry, guidance counselor at the elementary school, is with us this morning, and Marla was gracious enough to be with us at 845 as well, along with Mrs. Brown, the principal at Albert Harris. And um, Marla, we welcome you to come forward. I'll invite you to stand at the lectern here and just speak to the relationship and that wonderful relationship we enjoy with Albert Harris. Thank you, Marla. Good morning. I'm pleased to be with you today. Um, my name is Marla Perry, and I'm a school counselor in Martinsville City Schools. I've been with Albert Harris now for the second time. This is my fourth year. I've been at Patrick Henry. I've been at all the schools. Let's just say it like that. Um, I'm starting my 26th year, so it's kind of hard to believe I've been around that long. But I have... I was sitting there and I got choked up a little when I first walked in because I can remember my preschoolers graduating um, from the church here when they were uh, in the preschool program. And I've had a long relationship with many of you here in this church and especially with our backpack program. Um, First United Methodist has blessed us in so many ways. Um, during the Christmas holidays or Easter, Thanksgiving, um, your church has provided very um, nice gift baskets or ba bags for our students to carry home. Those who are very needy and knowing that they need food for the holidays or uh, for those extended times. In addition to that, um, that's about 60 bags plus some, I think, each, each of those holidays. In addition to that, um, your church has also provided uh, additional food and school supplies and things for our students at Albert Harris, and we're so very grateful. I can tell you that um, our kids are very needy, but not just for um, those things that you're providing, but for the love that comes with it. The kids really do appreciate it. I know the first day of school this year started off with a young man coming up to me probably within five minutes of walking in the door. Hey, Miss Perry, when do I get my snack bag this year? <laughs> um, I was telling Linda Adams, it, it's very noticeable when kids come back from the summertime, they're thinner, um, their eyes are a little weaker. There's, there's definitely a difference and there's definitely a need for our children. Last year, um, we also partnered with Community Storehouse in Ridgeway and because of funding, they capped us at about 35 bags a week. By the end of the school year last year, we were passing out on Fridays over 70 bags a week. So many of our children are in need. And I want to let you know that um, service learning and giving back is something that we definitely um, work with our children in doing. And many of the children come to us um, from either broken homes or even impoverished homes. We have about 95% poverty at our school. And even parents that are working, it's really difficult to make ends meet when they're paying six or $700 a month for rent. It's really hard to build in um, for enough 
uh, in their budget for enough food for their family. And you make up that difference. And it's very, very appreciated, appreciated by the families as well as the, as well as the kids. I can remember over the holidays, um, because the bags are so very awesome and they're kind of heavy, I know that I had to take one to our, or two to a couple's house and the mother met me at the door in tears and she said, you just don't know how much I appreciate you doing this. And I said, well, I didn't do this. And she said, well, tell whoever I love them and I thank them for this because it does make a huge difference. Um, Many of our kids don't even have parents. Many are being raised by older folks like their grandparents or great aunt or great grandmother or grandfather. And so, as you know, budgets can be very tight and that supplement really does make a difference. We're hoping to continue that relationship this year with, with you all and we're hoping to um, that any time that you're wanting to come and see the children or come into our school, we welcome you. I know there's a few teachers and uh, school personnel in here, and we just welcome you into our building anytime. The kids would love to see you, and we, again, we appreciate all your support. Patience and kindness was a part of that last song, and you've shown so much of that to us, and our gratitude is huge for all of your patience and kindness in giving the food, your money, your time, and packing those bags, and the delivering of them. We, as the picture shows, we look forward to you. Um, you can see how big those bags are. We look forward to uh, any of you and all of you coming anytime you'd like. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Marla, thank you. It is a blessing for us to be in relationship with you, to be able to, to serve those in need and to, to know that we serve God as we do that. And, and we can't do that without a good and willing partner. So thank you so much, Marla. With this being a time of back to school, we want to bless our backpacks, so I invite our children to come forward with these backpacks before us. Good morning, children. We have some lovely backpacks, and I pray that the school, back to school, is going very well for you, and we want you to know of our prayers with you now and throughout this school year. Are there others? Yes, wonderful. We also have some backpack tags that say, God's got your back. So we want the children to know that. We want the children to know First Church also has their back as well, and the children have colored these backpacks, uh, tags, and uh, will attach these to their backpacks, and again, as a remembrance of, of God's presence with you and our prayers for you, and I would like to offer this blessing, this prayer at this time. Let us pray. God of wisdom, we give you thanks for schools and classrooms, and for the teachers and students who fill them each day. We thank you for this new beginning, for new books, and new ideas. 
We thank you for sharpened pencils, pointy crayons, and crisp blank pages waiting to be filled. We thank you for the gift of making mistakes and to trying again. Help us to remember that asking the right questions is often as important as giving the right answers. Today we give you thanks for one another and we ask that you bless us with curiosity, understanding, and respect. May our backpacks be a sign that we have everything we need to learn and grow this year in school and in Sunday school. May we be guided by your love. All this we ask in the name of Jesus, who as a child in the temple showed his longing to learn about you, and as an adult, taught by story and example, your great love for us. Amen. Thank you, children, and again, God's blessings upon you. Know that First Church loves you, and know that now and always, God's got your back as well. And we thank Ms. Showman for leading you in Children's Church. As we uh, receive our backpack tags, I'll invite us to stand as we sing, Spirit of Faith, Come Down.
We share from the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, verses 56 through 69. Let us hear the word of God. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven not such as the fathers ate and died, he who eats this bread will live forever. This he said in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Many of his disciples, when they heard it, said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples murmured at it, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, the flesh is of no avail. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. There are some of you that do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who those were that did not believe and who it was that would betray him. 
And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer went about with him. Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the word of our Lord. Well, it may be of some comfort for us to know that we stand in good company when we listen to Scripture, when we stand with others who confess the difficulty we at times experience as we try to understand what it is we've just heard. So we may take comfort in hearing the words of the disciples of Jesus, words they speak as response to what Jesus has just said. You remember this response of the disciples before us this morning. It is the response to the words of Jesus, a response saying, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? To which you and I may respond, amen, brother. This is a hard saying is an expression spoken at the conclusion of Jesus' lengthy bread of life discourse as found in the Gospel of John. Within this discourse, Jesus has fed 5,000 persons with but two loaves and five fish. Jesus has referred to himself as the bread of life, bread far greater than the bread the people of God ate as they wandered through the wilderness years earlier. Those who ate that bread, says Jesus, died. But those who eat of the bread of life, he says, shall live forever. In fact, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood shall have eternal life, says Jesus. Well, many of Jesus' disciples, we are told, when they heard him say this, responded, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? Well, they're right, aren't they? We understand. Because we, too, find much that Jesus says to us hard to understand, hard to listen to. So we may find comfort in knowing we're not alone, that that even the disciples of Jesus struggled to understand everything he told them. Not only this, this scripture tells us there are those who have heard these words of Jesus, those who have been witness to the feeding of the 5,000, those who have followed Jesus to this point in his ministry, but they still don't believe. We are told, after this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer went about with him. Here again the words of Jesus, there are some of you that do not believe. So for some, his words are not only hard to listen to, His words are also hard to believe. 
All of which brings us to this point at which Jesus asked this question, Do you also wish to go away? Jesus asked his disciples this question, remember, because he sees those who had been following him are those who now leave him. They follow him no longer. They've gone far enough. And Jesus says, do you also wish to go away? Well, it's a question to which Simon Peter responds with his own question. To whom would we go? Now, Simon Peter asked this question because we know, don't we? We know we have to go towards someone or towards something, right? None of us lives within a vacuum with reference to nothing, claimed by nothing or no one. So if we're not going to Jesus, then there is something or someone else to whom we go. Now, it's true we may go to other faiths. That's an option. That's true. There's also the option of no faith. There's the option of losing ourselves in some career, being consumed by work and achievement, priding ourselves on long days at the office, little time for anything or anyone else. That's an option. There's also the option of of running, and running not necessarily to anything or anyone, but running from self. Now, I've seen this option at play. I'm sure you have as well. I speak of this experience of occupying ourselves with busyness, perhaps with family, with school, with sports, with work, with errands, with filling up the calendar, and this idol of busyness looks impressive and it may deceive us from thinking it's something other than what it is, running from self out of fear of what we may see if we stop running and look at ourselves. So it's true. There are options as to whom or where we could go, options other than Jesus. According to Jesus, there are options we are free to choose. Again, do you also wish to go away? Sad question. Sad in that it acknowledges there are those who once followed Jesus who have now turned their backs on him. Sad in that there is the chance that there are those who will yet answer the question, yes. I mean, what are the odds Jesus receives to this question a response 100% affirmative? It's a risky question. We know Jesus has other options as to how to speak to these disciples as he sees those who once believed fading away in the distance. Couldn't Jesus just kind of speak in some desperate, threatening tone? Don't you ever dare think of leaving me. Jesus could shout to his disciples, wag an angry finger, you leave me and you know what will happen to you? Jesus has that option. We know on this occasion when he sees those who once believed walking away in disbelief, Jesus could try to induce in his disciples some guilt. He could move into some passive, aggressive posture. Well, you can leave just like them if you want to. I'm okay with that. 
just because I turned water into wine and miraculously fed you and make the blind to see and the lame to walk and the deaf to hear doesn't mean you owe me a thing. It doesn't mean you have to stay with me. Really, I'll be fine by myself. You're all free to go and have a good time. Don't worry about me. We know this is an option before Jesus, an option I'm sure we never choose. Still, it is an option Jesus doesn't choose. Just as he doesn't choose to threaten or scare his disciples, this man whom we remember, he's the word become flesh. This is the one who is Lord of all heaven and earth. This is the one who was in the very beginning. This is the one who was before Abraham. He's the bread of life, the good shepherd, the living water, the Lamb of God. It's this man who asks his disciples, do you also wish to go away? It is this man, this God, who sets before these disciples the option to go another way. How odd it is that Scripture is so honest in its confession that there are those who had front row seats to the ministry of Jesus, yet who still choose to live without him. Shocking that there were those witness to all Jesus said and did who preferred to live without him. And then here is Jesus, who understandably would have been pained at seeing those who once followed him now walk away from him throwing open the door to those who remain, saying, do you also want to go away? Now, it's a question to which we may immediately respond with words such as never. It's unthinkable we would ever walk away from Jesus, and, and I understand that. Yet there's also something telling us don't answer this question too quickly. There is something telling me there is reason Jesus asked the question. In fact, it may be that those who chose to walk away from Jesus knew very well what they were doing. Perhaps they knew what Jesus knew, that life for him was not going to get any easier. Perhaps they knew conflict between Jesus and leaders in the faith would only intensify Perhaps they knew conflict between Jesus and leaders in the government would only intensify. Perhaps they knew rejection and persecution and suffering and death waited in the near future for Jesus. So perhaps they decided they had been as close to Jesus as they ever wanted to be. Now was the time to walk away. And in doing so, they bear witness to this truth of the faith, those who choose to follow Jesus are also free at any time to follow Jesus no more. Still, we're not told where they go. And we're not told who or what they may follow. We are not told how they answer the question Simon Peter asked Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? So we're left to wonder, just where did they go? 
Did they go to a place at which they could give a Saturday so as to fix up a home so that a certain neighbor wouldn't have to worry about a leaky roof or losing heat or inefficient air conditioning? That's what happened from this place yesterday. Did they go from a place when, from which they could provide school supplies for local elementary school children? Did they go to a place at which they blessed school backpacks and prayed for these who carry the backpacks and for their families and for their teachers? Did they go to a place where they gave time and energy and finances so as to provide food for hungry school children and their families? Did they go to a place at which they prepared meals for their neighbors who have need? Did they go to a place at which they gathered early in the morning to prepare lunches for neighbors displaced by fire? Did they go to a place where they provide clothing for their neighbors in need? Did they go to a place at which they could engage with one another in lively and vital and important conversations of faith? Did they go to a place at which they teach their children the songs of faith? Did they go to a place where they lost themselves in worship to the living God, giving themselves in wonder, love, and praise? If they did not go to such a place as this, And where'd they go? For we know the question asked of Jesus by Simon Peter is a question becoming our question. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. It's true. We don't have to believe. We are free not to believe. It is true. We don't have to follow Jesus. We have the choice not to do so. It is true there are any number of other places we may go. There are any number of others we may follow. But brothers and sisters, look at the life we know as we stay with Jesus. Look again at how our lives are saved and made new because we stay with Jesus. Look again at how we love God and love our neighbors as we stay with Jesus. Look again at how our lives are shaped when we believe. Look again at how our lives are shaped when we decide to stay with Jesus. For he alone has the words of eternal life, and he alone is the Holy One of God. I'll invite us to stand as we respond to the word by affirming our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which is before us, number 881.
we affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. As we stand, I'll invite us to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. We'll find our places. We prepare to worship God with his tithe and our offerings. I'll invite our ushers to come forward. Let us pray. Lord, you give to us all gifts. You work within us and among us so that we may believe, and in our belief, worship and serve you. So we give you thanks that we have this opportunity to offer these gifts back into your care, believing that in your care they accomplish wondrous things for the gospel of Christ. Amen.
go to God as the people of prayer, remembering the words of Scripture to pray without ceasing and the words of Jesus to be those who ask and seek and knock relentlessly. So we pray, sharing in the prayers of the people, a responsive pattern of prayer in which I will name various petitions, concluding each with the words, Lord, in your mercy, inviting from you the response, hear our prayer, and inviting you as well to name those concerns or persons, circumstances you may like to speak as we go to God as we pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we remember words of Scripture which say that we believe and invite you to help our unbelief. Assure us that you are with us each and every day, working within us and among us, so as to bring about that response, I believe. As we are those who grow in faith, may we grow in worship, and service, and obedience, in all things growing closer in our love for you, growing closer in our love for one another. Truly, Lord, you are the one who has brought us here, and you alone have the words of eternal life and are the Holy One of God. Lord, in your mercy. And hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this local community. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. Bishop Lewis, Janine Howard, the Ministries of First Church. Lord, in your mercy. And hear our prayers joined with those of your saints whose witness still lives and those who continue to bless us in your name, praying with us as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. We stand in.
It is Jesus who said to us, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine so that all may see and believe in the glory that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.